Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome my good friend, Lisa Tenner. How are you today, Lisa? I'm so well. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be here with you. Thank you. It's great to have you. I've known you for so many years, and you are the first person on my show, this is number 75, who actually has a varied background that is so different from everyone else. Why don't you tell people what you do? Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Well, I do a lot of things. Today, we're going to talk about the referrals I do to qualified, really high-quality ghostwriters. And so that's a, a good piece of my business. It's really matching people with a great story or a great system, for instance, you know, a, a system for business or something like that with uh, a, a great ghostwriter who can capture their voice and, and their wisdom in, in a really high-end book. Um, and so that, that's a big piece of what I do. I also teach book writing myself. I do some editing and coaching around books. I teach at Harvard Medical School's publishing and writing course and my own courses so, yeah, there is a lot of variety, and, and I also do some work with creativity. Fantastic. It's a great background. We're going to focus today on ghost writing because one of the biggest secrets or the biggest unkept secret in the National Speakers Association is that a lot of books written by very famous people in the association, speakers who you know, actually used ghost writers. They didn't write the books themselves. They might have co-written the book. They might have given information for the book but someone else did the hard work of actually putting the book together. So let's talk about the whole concept of ghostwriting today. First of all, mm-hmm. what is a ghostwriter, Lisa? So, yeah, this is a really good question, actually, because I think there is some misunderstanding here. So ghostwriter will write your book for you, and sometimes they'll work with some material you give them, such as you might even make a first pass at some of the book. Uh, But a lot of times they're just interviewing you. They're looking at maybe a course that you offered or some talks you've given, and they can create the book from that. So this ghostwriter is generally writing your book, and usually a ghostwriter's name is not on the book. If their name is on the book, such as so-and-so with and then the writer's name, you would be considered a co-writer, which is a little different. Uh, does it make any difference if you're a co-writer or a ghostwriter? Well, uh, sometimes people like just their name on the book as the author, and so in that sense you'd want a ghostwriter. And uh, sometimes there's benefit to having the co-writer. For instance, if someone were writing a business book and they put your name on the book as a co-writer, then that gives the book extra credibility. And in fact, when somebody's when, when a, a reader is on Amazon and searching and they search for your name, that person's book might come up as well because you're a co-writer on that book. So there are sometimes advantages of having a co-writer. It's a very individual decision, I would say. Uh, That's so true. I've done both, as a matter of fact. I ghostwrote a book for a financial planner, uh, and he wanted to use it as a big business card for himself. So there's no advantage to having my name on the book at all. 
uh, especially since he had the professional designation as a certified financial planner. So it made a lot of sense for him. Um, I also co-wrote two books with a doctor, and those were business fable books, and he supplied the medical content and the information, and I supplied a story, created characters, created a plot, created character arcs and novel arcs and such like that, and it was a lot of fun. And he graciously acknowledged me as being the the uh, the creative force behind the book, whereas the medical information was totally his. Uh, mm-hmm. And he put my name on the cover as well. So that, that was very nice of him. But uh, when we entered the, into the relationship, it was like, you know, I don't care if my name's on the cover or not. This is, this is for you. So it worked out to be a really good relationship. Lisa, as we dive into this important subject, why would someone hire a ghostwriter? Well, there's several reasons. Uh, the first might be that you just don't have the time. You know, if you're a busy executive and you have five big things on your plate, the book might just keep getting backburnered unless you hire somebody to take over this project and a ghostwriter is the perfect person. The second is that great writing takes practice and it takes training and some people do have more skill at it than others, you know, maybe even a natural inclination to tell a good story or organize material well. You can certainly hire an editor to help you or or book coach, uh, but but a lot of times it just makes sense to hire a really great writer because the quality of the book is going to be more what you're going for when you have that really, really high quality writer who's written many books and who, um, who can write the, specifically the kind of book that you're writing. For instance, a business book or a CEO memoir or a, um, uh, a, you know, a book that's more politically involved or a health book, whatever it is. Great answer. And, I'm sorry, yeah. did I cut you off? Okay. Oh, oh, that's okay. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd say, is there one other reason? I can't remember. I think that's good. Okay. <laughs> well, my friend David Newman says it's executive malpractice for an executive to write her own book because she can make much more money by doing what she does every day instead of spending all those hours it takes to write a book. So uh, that would be another reason to hire a ghostwriter. It would. And, you know, sometimes people are worried about, well, if I hire a ghostwriter, then it's not really my book. And so a lot of ghostwriters will let you write parts of it if you want, or they, they will receive your input so you can make sure it really feels like your voice. So you do have ownership, and that writer will capture your words from your interviews so it, it's, it, it's not cheating in the way people might think. You know, you will have ownership with a good ghostwriter. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I've interviewed maybe 74 other authors on my podcast series, year number 75. Uh, and just about all of them have said that writing a book is a collaborative process. They might not have thought so at the beginning, but by the time they talk to a book coach or a copy editor or developmental editor, they realize that it really does take a, a village to write a book and produce it. I mean, it's one thing to write a manuscript. Then there's the copy editing and proofreading and layout and cover design. So no one person can be expected to have all those skills. So you might as well get the best people possible to fill each of those roles. Which raises the next question. How can you create a good relationship with your ghost writer. So uh, this is this is 
so important. I can't really emphasize the importance enough. And I think the biggest thing is that both of you are communicating with each other, especially about expectations. So from the very beginning, you do want to have a contract and it can, you know, it can be called a contract. It could be called an agreement, but where it's really clear what the expectations are because chances are nobody's going to sue each other, but this contract or agreement makes it really clear what the expectations are. And that can include things like uh, the period of time, how many pages or words approximately, how many interviews or hours of research. And then there might be additional fees if it goes, you know, if, if this book includes 10 hours of research and, and 10 interviews, 10 one-hour interviews, and then it goes over the charges X dollars per hour, everybody's on the same page. And it's so much easier than if those things were not considered ahead of time and suddenly the writer is thinking, wow, I'm putting in twice as much work as I thought and, and I'm not getting paid enough for this. That's a hard time to have that conversation. So have those conversations ahead of time. And the other thing is it's really nice to be looking at the material early on so that you can give the writer feedback to say, this really sounds like me, but over here, this just doesn't sound like me. And, you know, either you might even suggest some revisions that make it sound more like your voice or uh, give the writer some feedback about what would make it sound more like you or more just the voice that you're looking for. And that early feedback will save you a lot of time later on and gives the writer something more to go on. So that, you know, that feedback loop is important. They might not get it that first time. Don't panic. A good ghostwriter has plenty of bandwidth and breath in their writing styles, and they're looking to you for some feedback. Great. Uh, let's divert for a second since you're a writing coach. What tips do you have for a ghostwriter to capture the subject matter expert's voice? Ah, oh, that's a good one. Well, partly just, uh, you know, if you're interviewing them, look for the words that they use in conversation. And if they're getting too technical and using a lot of jargon, do stop them and say, just, you know, pretend I'm somebody who doesn't speak that language and speak to me that way. Um, so, you know, that'll be important. Also, just ask them, you know, how formal or informal. Ask them about some samples of books that they would like to be like. If they're saying, oh, I want my book to be like Brené Brown, that's going to be a very different voice than I want it to be like uh, Gay Hendricks, right? So just, you know, what kind, what, it, what is the voice you're going after and what are some actual examples? Uh, so how's that? Oh, that's perfect. Maybe you have others to add. So that, that, that's really great because, you know, you can listen to transcripts and audios and such like that. And I found that sometimes people use Anglo-Saxon-based words, which are very mm -hmm. simple to understand, uh, like uh, get, as opposed to Latin-based words like receive, which is a bit more formal. And, you know, mm -hmm. one is not better than the other, although it will show up higher on the educational scale, <laughs> reading ability scales when you do the spell check and, and those kinds of things. But it's, it's all what the person wants. Some people want to be seen as PhD academics, and other people want to have like like you're like you're talking in the same room with them and use very informal language. I'm mm -hmm. developmental editing a book now with uh, a speaker who's a great storyteller, and he's writing like he speaks, and I'm editing it very lightly uh, because I would ruin it if I went down with a heavy hammer and used strict grammar rules and punctuation rules. It just wouldn't be him anymore. 
and it works. It flows. So we're mm-hmm. both very happy at this point. <laughs> that's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so individual and that's important to remember. And also actually when you're interviewing ghostwriters, therefore, if you look at some samples of their work and you think, oh, that's not my voice, that's not my voice. Don't worry about that because a good writer is going to capture your voice. But, you know, you might give them more of a sense of your voice and say, hey, you know, do you have anything in a voice that's more informal or more formal or, you know, give them a sense of what you're going after and they might be able to give you a sample or they might even just write like a a couple paragraphs. Uh, You know, you might need to pay for that because it is their time. But if you really, before hiring them, wanted to get a sense that they could write in your voice, you, you could give them a little practice. Again, with that caveat that, you know, you give them something to write, the assignment, they do that writing, and then you give them feedback about it and they revise it, right? That revision's important. And again, that's something that'll go into the agreement too, is how many revisions. So make sure that's in your agreement with the ghostwriters. How many revisions will they offer? You know, it's not usually endless revisions. And just as long as you're both on the same page, you know, maybe you have two chances to revise and after that there are additional costs because it's time consuming and they do need to be paid for their time. Good points. You know, we sort of jumped ahead here, but this is great information. Oh, no, no, no. It's, 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 it's a great type of conversation that flows. I do want to ask you how you find a ghostwriter, but we'll get back to that question. Because okay. we're now on a good question now of like, how do you maintain or how do you find, how do you build a good relationship with the ghostwriter? Now, obviously, you talked about creating the boundaries so we know what's mm-hmm. expected and such like that. What other steps would you take to create a good relationship? Well, certainly feedback, you know, let them know. I, I think, you know, when, when the writer goes off and writes the whole book without any feedback, that, that's a recipe for disaster. So make sure this is somebody who's going to give you something to look at, take in feedback before they write the whole book. That, that to me, is important. Um, but other, other things I would say is just from the very beginning, when there's a contract, make sure you understand all of it. Make sure that all the questions you have are answered. And, you know, other things in terms of the relationship, I would say, you know, your ghostwriter is a pro. So, yes, give them feedback in terms of what you want. It's your book. But you also want to ask them maybe, well, why did you do this? Um, if there's something that that you don't quite get, ask them some questions before you just say, take this out. Because there may be a reason they put it in, and maybe there's just a small tweak it needs rather than just taking something out. You know, that you're working with somebody who is an expert, and, and you you know, there there's there's just a balance of, you know, both people have something to bring to the table. So don't discount things before asking about them, but also it is your book. And don't feel uncomfortable with saying, no, I absolutely don't want that in the book, or this is so important to me, let's find a place for it. Perfect. I've done that with several clients as well. Because of my marketing background, I can put Mm -hmm. in little subtle hints that they're a speaker or a coach or a consultant or they're available to be hired. Things, you know, a little phrase here, a little phrase there that they may not have thought to put in themselves. But when I put it in, I know it's like this is the perfect way to promote yourself and brand yourself. And then you generally appreciate that because that's what they're hiring me for, to add that extra bit that they don't know about. So let's take a step back here. And uh, how do you find a ghostwriter? I mean, you're sort of like a literary agent for ghostwriters and, <laughs> and, and subject matter experts. Uh, how do people find you? And how? But uh, 
to, to, to work with you? And also, how would they find a ghostwriter on their own? Yeah, so um, to find me, it's lisatenner.com, and I think there's a tab for ghostwriting, so you can just go there. And I have a lot of good articles, not just about um, working with a ghostwriter, but like lots of very specifics. For instance, a ghostwriter for a CEO memoir, or um, or you know other other specifics you might have about working with a ghostwriter. Like I think there's one specifically on the agreement with a ghostwriter, um, but. But if you're going to Google, you know, the more specific you can be, the better. You know, maybe ghostwriter for a CEO memoir or ghostwriter for a subject matter expert or, um, you know, just Google specifically ghostwriter for a health book. Then you're more likely to find what you're looking for outright. And then really do a lot of question asking. Because I've had people come to me and I couldn't believe it. But, you know, these were pretty big ghostwriting companies that advertised on Google. And like one person said to me, she played, paid close to a hundred thousand dollars up front. And then the writer just wasn't even doing the work. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I was, I was shocked, but there, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of weird stuff going on out there. So you just really want to interview the company and make sure that you get to choose the writer. If they're going to choose a writer for you, that you get a chance to say, this is working or it's not. What happens if it's not working? Um, and and just, just really do your groundwork and also maybe talk to some people who've worked with that company or that ghostwriter before. Certainly Google reviews and the name of the company to make sure that the reviews are positive. Uh, and if you Google reviews and the name of that company or the name of the writer, in, any bad press should come up and you should get a sense. It doesn't mean that person's bad. You know, it might just be that that is, uh, you know, a client who had unrealistic expectations or who was just going to complain no matter what, you know. But if you see a bunch of complaints, that's a big red flag and um, and. You know, so I would say those are the best ways maybe to do a little research and find the best the best writers to now interview and talk to and consider. That's great advice. I, I think since the beginning of time, the publishing industry has been beset by bad actors. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can go back to the 1950s when self-publishing was really not a thing. They had hybrid publishers or self-publishers, and they were really just horrible, horrible companies that would produce books with typos. They weren't copy edited. They were just uh, real vanity press, what they're called, not hybrid, vanity press. Today, they're hybrid publishers who do a really great job of printing and self-publishing is the great democratization of our time, where uh, lots of people can put books up on Amazon, whereas those books might never have been published by a major company because the markets were too small or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I love the, your your idea to really check people out and check companies out because there are just so many scammers out there from the beginning of time till now. I, I guess maybe in Gutenberg's time there might not have been scammers because he was the only publisher and printer. But uh, ever since then, someone figured out that authors were an easy market to make to steal a hundred thousand dollars and not even deliver. I, I, oh. I'm, I'm, I get sick when I hear something like that. So thanks for letting people know about that. Um, yeah, and Dan, can I add something actually? So some contracts have a kill fee, which means you know either party can say this isn't working, and you know here's the fee owed. So you know often a contract will have something about that in the contract, um, or 
you know, some some ghostwriters will even say, well, I, you know, for this much money, I will interview you and write a, a sample chapter. The trick of that is the sample chapter is not going to cost, if they're 10 chapters, one-tenth of the project because they're going to need to do extra interviews and figure out what the book is. And uh, so, so it's not just a straight, you know, one-tenth because they're writing one-tenth of the book. But if that's important to you, that sometimes is something you can negotiate. And not always, you know, some of the most successful ghostwriters aren't going to have patience for that. You know, they're in very high demand and they just have a way of working. So if you, if you, research them and you you know they're a high quality ghostwriter and you um you know you have some referrals about them and you have a really good intuitive feeling then you know i would say and their contract looks good you know then then you know you can often trust that so you know these writers are all different in personality and how they work and they do what works for them and you just need to see is this going to work for me um but yeah it, it does vary a lot i will say that the other thing that varies a lot is the fee structure. Um, mm-hmm. I've gone to NSA meetings and seen people offer their ghostwriting services for five or six or seven or eight thousand dollars. And frankly, um, I don't know what they're getting for that because it takes a lot of time and effort to write a book. You know, I don't think I'd pay someone eight thousand dollars to repair it to, 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 to do my roof, for example, because I know it takes a lot of work. And if they're going to do it for eight thousand dollars, they might be cutting corners. I don't know. What are your feelings mm-hmm. about the various prices? What kind of ranges can you expect to see among ghostwriters? Yeah. So for a really high-quality ghostwriter who you just you, – and, of course, there's no guarantee that somebody has a high price that they'll be high-quality. But generally, if if they have a low price, generally the writing is not going to be the level of, for instance, a traditionally published book. And if you're writing a book that's going to represent your brand or your company or you as a speaker – I'd rather see a shorter book if you're going to cut some corners than see a, you know, a cheap ghostwriter because you're just usually not going to get the quality. But you asked about numbers. I would say for a, a regular length book, you know, maybe a 200 page book, we're talking 25,000 to 75,000. It can be even higher, but that's usually a, pr- a pretty good range. Um, and those are really experienced writers usually. Um, for a, a short book, I have a colleague who just wrote a book um you know that was an ebook and so there it was like a dollar a word i would say expect to pay maybe between 50 cents and a dollar a word for somebody who's really experienced uh to actually as a starting point up to more like two dollars a word uh so somewhere in that range for the really high quality writers okay that that's 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 pretty good that's what i would expect say magazine writing back in the day before uh, there are so many magazines where they cut their budgets and whatever. But it's a dollar yeah. to two dollars a word is what you could expect to get from a top tier uh, magazine. So that seems very professional. Um, let's see. Um, now, what makes for a good match for uh, a business book writer and a subject matter? So expert? I would, I yeah, I would say first, like really look at the market. And if let's say this is a business book and uh, whether it's sort of a how-to, here are the five steps for X, or whether it's more like a CEO memoir. Um, first of all, you know, see that that person has written this kind of book before. But I would say for the business book, someone like you who has a business background, has a marketing background, and therefore can seed certain 
things that you want the reader to notice about about the company or about the author, uh, that's going to be very, very valuable. So for particularly for a business book, I like to see someone like you who has that kind of expertise. Uh, now, if, if the author were writing, let's say, a, a very technology-oriented book, but for a lay audience, sometimes it's better to have somebody who's not experienced in that field because they're going to know what questions to ask. They're going to know what jargon doesn't make sense and say, well, explain this to me in regular terms. Okay, I still don't understand this part. So they're going to be able to make it for the right audience. So it does depend a bit on your audience. Great answer. Can you give us a few examples of how you match people and what you look for? Sure. Um, so there, you know, there's definitely an intuitive piece to this, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of picking up on style and personality. Um, how much research is needed for this book? Okay, this person's an excellent researcher. How much is this storytelling? This per- this writer is an excellent storyteller. Um, how experienced is the writer? Uh, certainly budget comes into play, right? I don't, don't want to ses- suggest somebody who charges $75,000 if the person only has a $25,000 budget. Um, and then there's that personal connection to the material. So uh, some like common things that come up is, let's say, the book has a big adoption theme, and I know this writer who adopted four of her kids. Well, that is a great match because she's going to really connect with the material. Or it's a recovery book, and I know some writers actually have a a background in recovery. Or maybe it's setting, and I know this author's from Maine, and the book's set in Maine, great match. Um, I recently had this um, relationship coach who was writing an e-book about dating, and I knew this ghostwriter had these amazing stories about her own dating experience. And it turned out the coach was fairly new and didn't have a lot of stories. So she was able to use the writer's stories. And it added a lot of color and interest and made the book just so much better than it might have been otherwise. So those are some fun things. And then I'm always amazed when there's a piece to the story that I didn't know. I make this match and it turns out there's like this magical connection between the writer and the, the so the ghostwriter and the author that we couldn't even anticipate. And that does happen, which, you know, just, I can't take credit for that. I think the universe is just <laughs> working on their behalf, but it's really fun when that happens as well. Yeah, I can second that point because a lot of the people that I've worked with really become good friends because for several months, you're living with each other in each other's minds. I mean, there were there was one client I had every Monday morning, we spoke and talked about the progress for the book, and it became part of our ritual. And uh, when the book was done, I felt like, oh, I, I'm, I'm missing a friend. How come <laughs> you know, it's 1030? How come I'm not talking to, to this person? Because uh-huh. it, was, it was so much of a routine for such a long time. So that was really cool. Well, Lisa, yeah. it's been a wonderful conversation. You've shared so, so much with us. Tell us, who is your perfect client and how can they get in touch with you? So I would say, you know, my perfect client is somebody who's looking for a really high quality writer. You know, you, you, you have the budget. You're not going to have to take out a loan for this to happen. And, uh, and you've got a strong story or a strong teachings or, you know, a system that you are teaching people. Maybe it's even something that you regularly teach or train or use in your consulting. And you're clear about your goals. Those would be things that make somebody a good, a good match for me and the ghostwriters that I work with. Great. And how can they get in touch with you? 
Uh, you can email me, lisa at lisatenner.com. You can go to my website and read more about my services. Again, lisatenner.com, L-I-S-A-T-E-N-E-R.com. And um, you can fill out, there's a contact form there as well. Uh, so, yeah, those are probably the best ways. Fantastic. Thanks for being with us today, Lisa. My pleasure. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.